over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about, you know, that, that promise to Abraham that we would be a blessing to others. That's loving our city, that they would be blessed because we're in it. I love what Pastor Don preached last week about lifting our eyes and dreaming again as part of Vision Builders. That, you know, God has placed a calling and anointing on each one of us and on this place. And it's time to dream again. What is the new thing that God is doing? What is the thing that God has promised? And we need to rise up and do it. To love our city. Now, I get to kick this off, which is a great privilege. Um, And what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to focus on something that has a little bit more to do with us rather than anyone who's out there. Okay, and that might seem strange in a love our city theme, but the reason I want to talk about it is because identity has a huge part to play in how we act. Who agrees with that? Identity has a huge part to play in the way that we act. And this is something that I've been looking over over the past couple of months. And I must admit, it is a revelation for me. And when you get a grasp of this revelation, you're going to act different. Okay? Who's excited to act different this morning in a good way? Okay? Now... It got me thinking about, you know, when we talk about identity, it got me thinking about the story of the eagle and the chickens. Now, because I've got the mic, I can tell it however I want, but you might have heard a version of this before. But there was a guy, he was a farmer, he was out for a walk one day, obviously not in New Zealand because we don't have eagles, (laughs) must have been in the States, somewhere out for a big walk. Maybe it was someone like Tim Peters. I don't know. Some, for some reason, I'm just visualizing you, mate, right now. Out for a walk. Out in the wilderness. And this farmer came across a nest. And it had been discarded. It was on the ground. It definitely wasn't where it should have been. And in that nest was a small baby eagle. And it was alive. It had been discarded for some reason by its mother, and there it was. And so he picked it up, good old Tim Peters, because it's exactly what Tim Peters would do. And he brought it back to his farm, and he placed it in the chicken coop with the rest of the chickens, because, I mean, it's a bird, right? And so that eagle grew up, pecking the ground, pecking, peck, 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 looking for food with the other chickens, peck, 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 because you do what everyone does around you, right? I mean, there's a famous quote, if you want to know what you'll look like in the future, look at the five closest people around you. So peck, 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 because there's all the other chickens all around. Peck, 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 peck. And because the eagle was always peck, 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 pecking like a chicken, it failed to notice the other eagles that were soaring above. And because it was always looking down, always just copying what it saw, it failed to realize its identity. It failed to realize its purpose. And I think we can be like that in life, where we can get so caught up in the peck, 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 peck of life (laughs) that we fail to realize who we are and reach our potential. So this morning, we're going to take a look at a passage of who we are. And what I love 
is this is going to influence the way we act because there was a famous statement made during COVID, which was to be kind. Now, who knows that being kind and being loving is good? Oh, I'm so glad there's a few hands. But if all we are is being kind and being loving, do you think we're going to really see our world transformed? Because it's about what we carry. It's about the presence of God that truly transforms someone. I am here today because I've been transformed by the power of God. I've been transformed by the presence of God, knowing God. And therefore, that is greater than just being kind and loving, which, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing new. Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit. If I'm walking in the Spirit, there should be kindness. There should be love. That is the byproduct of the presence of God. And so we're going to take a look at identity. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians 2. If you're taking notes, good on you, because I'm going to be throwing out a few passages this morning as we skim through. And we're going to Ephesians 2. You could be forgiven for thinking I'm about to preach Ephesians 2 verse 10. One of my favorite scriptures that I sneak into most sermons. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What a great passage that God has created us as masterpieces. That not only did he create us as masterpieces and images of him, but he wants to participate with us and he's got good works. You know, the love things, the kindness things, the seeing heaven come. But no, we're not going to do that, but I still managed to sneak it in. Anyway, Ephesians is a great book because it talks about the identity of the church and a couple of those metaphors we're really familiar with, like the body. Paul does it in 1 Corinthians as well, that we're all parts of a body with Christ as the head. Love that because it tells me that the way I act is different to the way my wife Kim acts, and that's okay because it would be really bad if you had this mutant body of all mouths or just hands or feet or something weird, just livers. We've all got a part to play. Another metaphor in here is the bride of Christ and Christ. This amazing picture of a, like the most loving relationship, how God views us. It's another metaphor. But I'm going to talk about one that's a little bit more obscure, okay? And we're going to pick it up. In verse 18, I think it's going to go on the screen, and Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking about how we are all one in Christ. He's talking about the church, and he goes to say, for through him we both, and he was talking about the Jews, and he was talking about the Gentiles, both of us, all of us together, have access to the Father by one spirit, consequently, you speaking to the Gentiles, and that's us because we're not Jews and we're on the other side of the world. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Did you know this morning 
that God dwells in us, that God dwells amongst us. We are being built into the temple of the Lord. And the reason it's a bit obscure is, I mean, when was the last time you went to a temple? Can't see a hand. <laughs> um, Paul, I mean, in Ephesus, they had one of the seven wonders of the world was this giant temple to Artemis, like right there, one of the seven wonders of the world. That would have been front and center. But yeah, no, no one put up a hand for going to a temple recently. Yeah. 16 years ago, I was in Cambodia with World Vision, and we had a day off, and we were in Siem Reap. And in Siem Reap, there is a whole lot of temple ruins. And it was kind of the thing that you do, and you go and visit, and there's these old ruins. And anyone seen Tomb Raider before? A couple of nods. Yep, one of the ruins we went to was in Temple in uh, Tomb Raider. It reminded me of like the jungle book where you got jungle coming through. In fact, I was looking for a massive anaconda style snake and like a Black Panther, but there weren't any. I did find the guy that was on the cover of the Lonely Planet though. Do you, does anyone remember Lonely Planet? Like, not really now because we use the internet, but the old guidebooks, and there was this guy who was on the cover of the Cambodia book in Angkor Tom, which is this place, and we found him. And so we managed through the interpreter to get him to go to the same spot and get a photo with him, trying to recreate. I wish I had that photo on me. It was like a physical one, to recreate that. But anyway, we were there, and... Um, we were having a big conversation about what these temples represented. And I think in 2020, it's a little hard for us in New Zealand to wrap our heads around it, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of a crash course on temple because the reason I want to do that is it's going to open this up more, okay? And I, I want us to leave with a revelation of what this truly means. So um, has anyone heard of the website SlideShare? Yeah, I can tell, Neve, because you're studying, right? SlideShare was my cheat in business when someone would be like, have you read that book? And I go, no, and I go on SlideShare, and I go through the 16 slides, and then like, I know what that book's about. <laughs> Top tip. Well, this morning is going to be like a SlideShare experience for you guys, okay? couple of slides, and then we're going to hit this again. So, temple, something we don't really understand 2020 here in New Zealand. We might have a little bit of idea. But um, what temple represents is this thought of God lives somewhere, right? Where is God? I think if I was to throw that out there, we'd shout out heaven, right? Where is God? Yes. And where are we? And it's all to answer this big question, as I said, where is God? God. And that question is as relevant as ever. Didn't know if you were to go into Google Trends right now and look at Google searches for where is God. Over the past 15 years, it's been increasing in interest and spiking right in the middle of our global efforts to tackle COVID-19. Did you know that? People are turning to Google. I don't know about the conversations you guys are having, but in some of the conversations I'm having, this is a question people are asking. People are looking for hope. Where is God right now? 
In the past 15 years, the very peak of interest in Google. I'm glad some of us already have some answers. But this big question, where is God? And the idea of a temple was it symbolized and represented the cross-section of heaven and earth, where God's presence was. And, you know, as I said, we were going to skim through. Genesis 1, we have the account of creation that God created the heavens and the earth. And I love, like it was shared last week, that God's Spirit hovered in creation. God was present in creation. In Genesis 2, we see the introduction of a garden. Who knows what that garden's called? Eden. This sacred space of heaven and earth where God placed Adam, where God placed Eve and asked them to tend and to protect this place. And it even says that God walked in the garden. This idea of where is God, here is is God. But we all know what happens. Adam and Eve decide they know better and they eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and and, um, pretty much saying, who cares about the rules that you've given us? We can make up our own rules. We We know what to do. We know better than you. And they are banished. And then what we see all through Genesis and the beginning of Exodus is pockets of people calling out to God. Pockets of people creating altars, going, God, where are you? Trying to create a space where they can talk with God. We also see pockets of, you guys remember in, um, in, in Genesis, I think it's 28, there is a moment where Jacob is having a dream and then suddenly there's a stairway from heaven and he has an encounter with God. God creates a sacred space. Then in Exodus 4, Moses, minding his own business, Shepherd comes across a burning bush on Mount Horeb, another sacred space where heaven and earth come together. Where is God? Here is God in this moment. And then we have the slavery in Egypt, and then we have them being set free. And so in the beginning, that original audience would have, wanted to know the answer of that question. Where is God? God, this Yahweh has just set us free. We're apparently now as people. He's given us the law, the Torah. But where is the presence of God? And I love that God met them where they were at. They would have been in Egypt. They would have seen these temples, these things that represented the presence of the God. And here, God, what does he do? He gives them a tabernacle. And this tabernacle is right smack bang in the middle of all the people. This symbol from God to say that my presence is amongst you. And God gives the Torah a way to keep order, to know the answer to the question, where is God? And if we skip to 1 Kings 6 to 8, that's where they build the actual temple, Solomon's temple in Jerusalem, a symbol of where is God. But then the exile takes place. The people are scattered. 
You read all through different Psalms, some of the prophets, they're crying out for the temple again. They manage to come back to the land, they build it, and then they think that they've got it again, right? Where is the presence of God? It's this place, the temple. And that's where we're going to kick off today. So I love the New Testament writers because they take this imagery and they use it for us to get a greater revelation or understanding. So Jesus, I love this, John 1, John 1. John is writing about Jesus, famous passage. Uh, in chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. John, making a point that Jesus, this Jesus guy, he was right there in the beginning. You know when we say, where is the presence of God everywhere? It was present in creation. Jesus was there. He was the one saying, let there be light. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And I love this. He skips on, and he says in verse 14, And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You see, that word dwelling is the same word for tabernacle. That when they're writing about Jesus, they are writing to say Jesus was the tabernacle. Just like the tabernacle was there in the physical and amongst the people, Jesus, who is God, came and tabernacled amongst us. He dwelt amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That is Jesus. I love chapter 2. John writes about a moment where Jesus is in the temple, and everybody's probably amazed by this amazing building to symbolize God's presence amongst them. And Jesus gets a little bit upset because they're basically turning it into a market. And he starts trying to drive them out. And they're like, who gives you the authority? Show us a sign. Jesus says, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And it says, but the temple he had spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. And then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. The New Testament writers take this. Where is God? He tabernacled, tabernacled amongst us. The, writers of, the writer of Hebrews you know, takes that further, that idea of he is the high priest. He is the one sacrifice for all. It's in him that we have access to God, right? You know, even Jesus himself said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am our way. I am the way. He didn't say, you know what, do what you want. You can choose me if you want, you know, up to you. No, Jesus was making a statement. Do you want to know where God is? Do you want to have a relationship with God? It's through me. I am the temple. I am the tabernacle. I am, do you want to know what heaven is like on earth? Look at me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're all here, no one's fallen asleep yet? 
Yeah, yeah, good, sweet. No one's thinking about lunch. No one's like, oh, what, um, what Celsius do I put on for the roast, or is it Fahrenheit or something? Not good. Awesome. Cool. So we've got this concept of temple, right? Cross-section, heaven and earth, answers the question, where is God? Believe it or not, it's a question that is relevant now as it was at the dawn of time. And we understand that Jesus is that. He tabernacled amongst us. Wow. This is where the revolution and the revelation takes its next step. We've just read it. Ephesians 2 that it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you, turn to someone next to you and say, you. Turn to the other person and say, we. Rise to become a holy temple in the Lord and in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. To the question of where is God, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of us battling this pandemic, in the middle of you know, I'm so glad we've come out of not being able to be here physically, but let's Let's all be truthful here. There's a little part of us that went, this place represented the presence of God for us, right? But where is God? He dwells amongst us. He dwells in us. And you know, I haven't just taken one little obscure passage and verse. In 1 Peter 2 verse 5, Peter writes that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians 6, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In fact, they talk about you, Kimberly, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. They talk about we, Inspire Albany, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And they talk about the church globally is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That when we ask the question, where is God? God is with us. God is in us. And that's significant for a couple of things that I want to close with. It's significant because when people ask us that answer, we can be sure. That you don't have to find some special building in some special place to access the presence of God. It's wherever you are, that's what you carry. And I loved, you know, I've, I've said it, I've always said it, but then in like the middle of lockdown, you've got to suddenly live it, you know what I mean? And I love the testimonies and the stories, not just for myself, but others, and ministering to people outside of this building and them experiencing God and their lives being transformed. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. This place is an amazing, amazing resource. This place, I love the fact that God has blessed us with a place here, right in the middle of a business district in Albany, that we can carry the presence of God to people Monday to Saturday as well as Sunday. 
How cool. I'm so excited for the plans for this place and the programs about how we bring God Monday to Saturday as well as Sunday. But let us not fall short of the fact that we also carry that into our businesses Monday to Friday or Saturday if you work like retail or something or you're a real estate agent, you kind of got to work that, don't you? Um, We bring that into our relationships. We bring that into our friendships. We carry the presence of God. But the other reason why it's significant is because it also speaks to unity. It's why we need each other. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in a moment like now, where our expression of church has become more diversified, where we've got the beautiful thing right now, people being able to watch at home and get involved that way, it's a great reminder to remember the power of gathering together because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whether we're gathering online physically, it's about gathering together because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, when God, earlier, Ephesians 2, for we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus. Man, I can't get past talking about that again. To do good works which God prepared in advance. That is us together. We're going to fall short if we aren't in this together. We are better together. We're going to fall short of just the amazing potential. Like the eagle, pecking, pecking all around, not looking up, seeing the potential of what we can be as eagles. And finally, the last thought here, we get to participate in what God's doing on our earth. Like I love that, you know, God could have created the heavens and the earth. He could have created us. And then all we are for is just to worship him. Or all we are for is just to get through existence and hopefully God smiles and blesses and shows favor on us. But it's so much more than that. God created us to participate. It wasn't just Jesus who came. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us gets to carry that wherever we go. Each one of us gets to minister out of that. It's not just Pastor Don and Pastor Julia. It's all of us. Was that someone screaming? (laughs) (laughs) Nice jokes. Not me. No. Yeah, we can pray for that. (laughs) Nice jokes. It's all of us. We get to participate. Which brings me finally to Galatians 5, and it's verse 22. So what does it look like when we are acting like the temple of the Holy Spirit? What does it look like when God's presence is amongst us, when God's presence is moving through us, power of the Holy Spirit? It looks like this, love, joy, peace, patience, I need a whole lot of that. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm going to say that again. What does it look like to live 
as the temple of the Holy Spirit to carry his presence. What does it look like in that space? It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who wants to live in a world like that? So can you see it's so much more than just be kind? It's so much more than just love, even though those are good things. We are carriers. We are eagles. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what I want to encourage you right now is why don't you close your eyes? Because God's presence is here. His transformative power. I love that God just wants to come and be part of our lives, to, to work through us, to, that not only would we be transformed, but those around us would be transformed. And right now, I'm just mindful in this moment that there is an opportunity for some who might be listening. You might even be listening online, but you're, you're listening in this place and you're thinking, man, I haven't even begun a journey of what it would look like to follow Jesus, to be someone who carries the presence of God. Maybe you've even been sitting here and you are asking that question yourself. Somehow you turn up online. Somehow you have turned up in here. And it's not out of the ordinary. We hear these stories all the time. And you are going, God, I need you. I even need to just make this first step of what it is to follow after you, to make a decision for you. And I want to encourage you in this moment that if that is you, with eyes closed, we're not going to do anything weird, but with eyes closed, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand because I'd love to pray with you and acknowledge that moment and a step with God with you. Maybe you're even online, and I want to encourage you in this moment to make a decision, to make a decision to follow Jesus. And you know what, church, why don't we all join in? And pray this with me online. Join in if this is you and make this your prayer. Dear Lord, I'm tired of running. Today I choose you. Today I choose to follow you. To take steps towards you. To accept you as the way to God. To accept your sacrifice that brings forgiveness, that brings life and light to my world. And today I choose to follow. Yeah, you are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. And church, right now, I want to encourage you to stand. And I want to, I want to pray over all of us, actually. And the reason I want to pray over all of us is because we all are the team of the Holy Spirit, right? And what I want you to do as you are standing up is why don't you just put your hand on the person next to you. And if you're not next to someone, you can just stretch your hand out. That's all good. Because look around, people. Remember what we read? We are living stones being built into the house of the Lord, and to the temple of the Holy Spirit. The person next to you is another stone. The person next to you also helps carry 
the presence of God wherever you go. And Lord, right now, I just pray over each and every one of us this morning that, God, we would catch a revelation and awareness that your presence is with us. That, God, that we would catch a revelation and awareness, Lord, that each one of us together carry your presence Monday to Saturday and Sunday too. Wherever we go, into our workplaces, into our relationships, into our families, into that situation where it's turning toxic, we bring the presence of God. Into that situation where it seems like there's no hope, where those business numbers aren't adding up and we, and we are worried, we bring the presence of the Holy Spirit into that situation where there is no peace, where there is no love, where there is no gentleness, self-control or kindness, we bring the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you that the fruits of the Spirit are those things. And God, I pray for our church and for those watching, God, that even this week, Lord, we would see testimony to your goodness, that we would see testimony to your power outworking through our lives. In Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.